These are texts appointed for the 23rd of April, 2023, the third Sunday of Easter. Let us pray. Almighty God, you gave your only Son to be for us both a sacrifice for sin and an example of godly living. Give us grace, thankfully, to receive his inestimable benefits and daily to follow the blessed steps of his most holy life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Our text for today call to mind how God has acted in Christ to redeem us from sin and death, how he has called us to live in fellowship with him and with one another. Through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we receive the forgiveness of our sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. As we belong to Christ and follow after him, we are called to be holy, to set our hope fully on the grace that will be given to us when he is last revealed. We are assured of God's presence with us through our trials and tribulations, and we are invited and enabled to call on the Lord and to praise him and thanks, thank him for his deliverance. By walking in the way of Christ and studying the scriptures, we are enabled to discern his presence in our lives and be strengthened for the journey ahead. Our first text comes from the book of the prophet Isaiah. We hear a message of comfort and assurance spoken by the prophet from God to his people, Israel. God assures Israel that he has redeemed them that he will be with them through all their, all their difficulties. He promises to bring them safely through the waters and through the flames. He reminds him that he is the only true God, and that besides him there is no other Savior. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 12. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, the flame shall not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes, and honored 
and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, my created from my glory, whom I formed and made. Bring out the people who are blind yet have eyes, who are deaf yet have ears. All the nations gather together and the peoples assemble. Who among him can declare this and can show us the former things? Let them bring their witnesses to prove them right, and let them hear and say it is true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, my servant, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. I, I am the Lord. Besides me there is no Savior. I declared and saved, and proclaimed, when there was no strange God among you, and you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and I am God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We also continue this day with Peter's Pentecost sermon, which is taken apart for meditation throughout the Easter season, that great proclamation on the day of Pentecost to the people of Israel. The Messiah has come, that he has been crucified, that he has risen from the dead, and this to work his salvation even when we could not receive him. Peter declares that Jesus, whom the people had crucified, has been raised from the dead and exalted to the right hand of God. He urges repentance, and that all are baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And he promises that they will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The passage concludes by describing how the believers lived together in fellowship and shared their possessions, worshiping together in the temple. Acts chapter 2, verses 36 through 47. Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Let all the house of Israel know Know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. 
So those who were received, those who received his word were baptized. They were added that day about three thousand souls. They devoted themselves, the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day attending to the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This week, from the Psalter, we sing a portion of Psalm 116, the last five verses, verses 11 through 16. This is a psalm of thanksgiving that recalls a close brush with death from which the psalmist has been rescued. And as we pick up in the psalm, we hear the psalmist's determination to praise God and give thanks to him for his great benefits and his tremendous mercies. Psalm 116, verses 11 through 16. What shall I give unto the Lord for all the benefits that he has done unto me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord in the presence of all his people. Dear in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant of the child of your handmaid. You have broken my bonds asunder. I will offer you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord in the sight of all his people. In the courts of the Lord's house, even in the midst of you, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. We are continuing today in First Peter chapter 1. We hear Peter on the basis of his knowledge of the resurrected Christ call to the people of God, to holy living. Peter urges his audience to set their hope fully on the grace that will be given to them when Jesus Christ is finally revealed, and to live in obedience to God, putting away desires of the flesh. 
He reminds us that we have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. Through the word of God, he urges us to love one another earnestly and from the heart. 1 Peter 1, verses 13 through 25. Preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that we brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. Since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as Father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourself with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you are ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was a foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, through him, are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God having purified your souls by obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, that you have been born again not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of the field. The grass withers, and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that we preached to you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our Gospel this week gives us the last of the resurrection accounts that we will hear this Easter season, as next Sunday we turn to something a bit more abstract, to reflecting on Christ as the Good Shepherd, to receiving some of his rich I Am statements. In this passage, we encounter two disciples walking along the road to Emmaus, this famous scene where these disciples meet Jesus and yet do not recognize him. The disciples are walking along discussing the events of the past few days, and Jesus, who comes among them as a stranger, explains to them the meaning of the scriptures. When they invite him to stay with them, he breaks bread with them, and then their eyes are opened and they recognize him, but he disappears from their sight. Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. 
That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you were holding with each other as you walk? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened these three days? He said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who is a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things have happened. Moreover, some women in our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back, saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But they did not see him. And Jesus said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us. For it is towards evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. He was at table with them. He took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? They rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As today's scriptures call to mind how we are bound up in one another, being bound up in Christ, how Christ is present to us as we are present to him in and through one another. We will read John Donne's Meditation number 17 from his Devotions Upon Emergent Occasions. 1623. This is the famous No Man is an Island Locus. Nunc lento sonitu dicunt morieris. Now this bell tolling softly for another says to me, Thou must die. 
Perchance he for whom this bell tolls may be so ill, as that he knows not if it tolls for him. And perchance I may think myself so much better than I am, as that they who are about me, and see my state, may have caused it to toll for me, and I do not know that. The Church is Catholic, universal. So are all of her actions. All that she does belongs to all. When she baptizes a child, that action concerns me, for that child is thereby connected to that body which is my head too, and ingrafted into that body whereof I am a member. And when she buries a man, that action concerns me. All mankind is of one another. It is one volume. When one man dies, one chapter is not torn out of the book, but translated into a better language. And every chapter must be so translated. God employs several translators. Some pieces are translated by age, some by sickness, some by war, some by justice. But God's hand is in every translation. And his hand shall bind up all our scattered leaves again, for that library where every book shall lie open to one another. As therefore the bell that rings to a sermon calls not upon the preacher only, but upon the congregation to come, so this bell calls us all. But how much more me, who am brought so near to the door by this sickness? There was a contention as far as a suit in which both piety and dignity, religion and estimation were mingled, which of the religious orders should ring prayers first in the morning, and it was determined that they should ring first that rose earliest. If we understand aright the dignity of this bell that tolls for our evening prayer, we would be glad to make it ours by rising early in that application, that it might be ours as well as his, whose indeed it is. The bell doth toll for him that thinks it doth, and though it intermit again, again, yet from that minute that this occasion wrought upon him, he is united to God. Who casts not up his eye to the sun when it rises? But who takes off his eye from a comet when that breaks out? Who bends not his ear to any bell which upon any occasion rings? But who can remove it from that bell which is passing a piece of himself out of this world? No man is an island, entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less, as well as if a promontory were, as well as if a manner of thy friends or of thine own were. Any man's death diminishes me, because I am involved in mankind, and therefore never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Neither can we call this a begging of misery or a borrowing of misery, as though we were not miserable enough of ourselves, but must fetch in more from the next house in taking upon us the misery of our neighbors. Truly it were an excusable covetousness if we did, for affliction is a treasure, and scarce any man hath enough of it. No man hath affliction enough that is not matured and ripened by it and made fit for God by that affliction. If a man carry treasure in bullion, or in a wedge of gold, 
and have none coined into current money, his treasure will not defray him as he travels. Tribulation is treasure in the nature of it, but it is not current money in the use of it, except we get nearer and nearer to our home, heaven, by it. Another man may be sick too, and sick to death, and this affliction may lie in his bowels as gold in a mine, and be of no use to him. But this bell that tells me of his affliction digs out and applies that gold to me. If by this consideration of another's danger I take mine own into contemplation, and so secure myself by making my recourse to God, who is our only security. You may think also of this line from former Archbishop of Canterbury, Roman Williams, in his book, Being Disciples. He writes, The journey into the heart of the Christian life is not a journey of triumph, but a journey of vulnerability, humility, and repentance. Likewise, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, his book, God Has a Dream, writes, We are all bound up together in one great bundle of humanity. And society cannot be healthy and happy if the individuals who make it up are sick and miserable. It is that very society that Christ enters into and heals and resurrects with the power of Easter. And we ring our bells of Easter triumph, considering the greatness of his mercy and his love, which raises us up, united together, to a new life as his holy and beloved people, as his church. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, you have revealed the depth of your love in the sacrifice of your only Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through his death and resurrection, you have redeemed us from sin and death and called us to a new life in him. Grant us grace to live in fellowship with you and with one another, guided and guarded by your Holy Spirit. Help us to set our hope fully on the grace that will be given to us when Christ is revealed, to be holy in our thoughts and words and deeds as we walk in the way of Christ and study your holy scriptures together. Grant us discernment to recognize your presence in our lives and strength to persevere through trials and tribulations. We thank you and we praise you for your deliverance. And we trust in your steadfast love to sustain us now and evermore. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.